The Giant's Gamble Chapter 27 Tale of the Krakens They watched Castier Drylum lead Thea away. The man nodded to his guards, and they let him through the watched doorway toward the bow of the ship. They watched her go anxiously, but the elf held her head high as she walked off. Right, well, Flint grumbled, passing Rune, someone ought to keep an eye on the elf. Um, Rune said awkwardly, I don't think you want to keep an eye on... He trailed off as Flint bowled out of earshot. Right. Thea followed the man, who was shorter than herself by several inches. He led her to a blank section of wood-paneled wall and gave her a knowing smile, then pushed. The wall moved forward, showing seams to a hidden door. "'Tell me, what is a beautiful woman such as yourself doing on my boat?' he asked smoothly, ushering her inside. His two guards remained at the door, purposefully looking away. She admired a lavishly decorated office with a stained darkwood desk and matching bookshelves. Castier began lighting a few lanterns in the study. Oh, you know, Thea said, feigning interest in the books on the shelf. I travel around quite a bit, mostly adventuring. I find myself in all sorts of places. She glanced back at the human, whose eyes were full of lust. She'd seen that look in many men, and even some women, often enough to not be surprised. Opal, still in her beetle form, skittered out of Thea's hair and down her bare shoulder, out of view. Incredible, Castier breathed. I know, Thea flipped her hair. Do you have more to show me? she asked, eyeing the room. Certainly, the man said graciously, giving an unspoken order to his guards to remain posted at the door, and led her to the next. This door opened into a bedchamber, with a velvet-red, four-poster bed draped in furs and soft quilts. In the corner of the room were two armchairs, behind which sat a large fish tank. Please, sit, relax. He closed the door, then removed the octopus from his shoulder and dropped it gently into the aquarium's water. Its long tentacles pushed it through the clear water and wrapped around a large rock, its beady eyes watching them. Thea slowly sat, and Castier began rubbing her shoulders. It must be stressful, all that adventuring you do. Oh, it is, Thea agreed, hoping Opal had stayed back in the study. You need to relax, let your hair down, Castier whispered, his thumbs kneading into her shoulders. I must say, I'm surprised someone as lovely as you has that sort of job. Thea tensed for a moment, then changed the subject. Actually, I've come across some interesting news in my travels. Oh, Castier said vaguely, continuing to massage her. Yes, about the giant's ordning falling apart? You haven't heard anything about that, have you? He was silent for a few moments, and his hands stopped. Hmm, no, I can't say I have. That's too bad. It's only that I've heard of a lot of strain in the giant's royal family. It's rather worrisome. You wouldn't happen to know anyone who might have heard about it, she asked casually. Castier drew his hands from her skin and traced one along the edge of the chair, walking around to face her. He bent his face nearer to hers until Thea could count every bristly hair on his unkempt beard, and said, I might be able to get you in contact with someone. Really? Thea whispered. 
Only I expect payment for that sort of information. I have gold, Dia said, and saw a twitch at the corner of his lips. Castier drew in close. What about payment in something worth more than gold? Then he pressed his lips to hers. Thea stiffened for a moment, but allowed the kiss to continue. I hope you're not in here, Opal, she thought, then returned the kiss with convincing passion. Rune found Flint hiding outside Castier's study. Enjoying yourself? He hissed to the dwarf. I just wanted to make sure there wasn't any funny business, he whispered back. They were both invisible. Ah, uh, I'm pretty sure there is some, as you say, funny business. Not what I meant. She has a sending stone, Rune said after a pause. If she's in any danger, she'll contact Killian and let him know. She's just trying a more friendly approach. And what if this guy doesn't know anything about Hecaton? Flint asked. Rune didn't have an answer for that. If Drylum didn't know anything, perhaps the witch with the black feathered hat did. If not her, then they would have to try something else. He's our only lead, Rune finally said. So, about those giants, Thea said, placing a hand on Castier's bare chest. She propped up her chin and looked down at him. Where did you say we're from again? Castier asked, sliding out of the bed and sitting on the edge. Thea sat up, pulling the furs over herself and smoothing back her hair. Nowhere, really. I've traveled all over. Hmm. He stood and pulled on his trousers. Thea went and retrieved her dress, pulling it over her head. She began buckling on her shoes, watching the man. You said you had contacts. Hmm? Yes, well, certainly, Castier said distractedly. Excuse me for a moment. He got his shirt over his head and quickly wrapped his coat back around him. As he turned away, Thea whispered into the sending stone. He's not telling me anything. Time for another strategy. We're in his bedchambers, behind a hidden panel in the wall. Right, Killian's response came as a whisper in her ear. Be right there. Going so soon? Thea asked him, closing the distance between them and drawing him into another embrace. A small black beetle crawled under the paneled door, undetected by the guards inside the study, and heard whispers exchanged in the dark. She looked around and, seeing no one else in the small hallway, transformed back into her two-legged self. There was a yelp, and Flint shushed Rune. Opal? Rune appeared out of the shadows. Thea and that man, um, well... Her blush was visible through her copper skin. She couldn't get the information she needs from him. Well, I think we should go in there and try something else. Should we call Killian and Evelyn? Rune asked. Flint appeared. How many guards are in there? Just two, Opal said. We can take them, the dwarf said. Come on. Wait, I have an idea, Rune said. Opal, can I have the bag back? She quickly handed him the bag of holding, and he withdrew a small flask containing liquor and dropped in a few sprinkles of the powdered unicorn horn. This should do the trick, he said. Be right back. Rune stumbled into the room with a stupid grin on his face, then turned around in pretend surprise at the two guards in the study, who immediately drew their weapons until they saw the small, three-foot gnome before them. Well, Rune said drunkenly, hello, gentlemen. Not f fair fairy fair uh, that you don't get to sh join the uh, the festivities. He held up the flask to them. Come on, friends, won't you partake? He gave them his best grin. 
The two looked at each other, then shrugged and reached for the flask, each taking a healthy sip. Cheers, Rune shouted, as their expressions turned from enjoyment to confusion to blinking furiously. My vision's gone all weird, the one said, looking around. Everything's fuzzy. Me too, the other slurred, then collapsed. What did, did you... The other slumped to the floor. Ha! Rune peeked out of the door. Flint, Opal, come on. Flint had ropes in his hands. He tossed one to Opal and the other to Rune and wrestled the two swords from the guard's loose grips. What's going on? Killian's voice whispered urgently as he stepped through the door after them and looked at the two muttering guards on the ground. Opal and Rune hurriedly tied their arms behind their backs. Oh, Rune drugged them, Opal said happily. Where's Evelyn? I didn't think there'd be time to grab her, Killian said. Where's Thea? Behind that door, Flint pointed across the study. Brace yourselves, Rune said with a grimace, trotting to the door. Flint strode past him, throwing it open. Taking advantage of my elf, the dwarf shouted, drawing out his axe and glaring at Castier, who was currently pressed against the near wall with Thea's body. Thea looked at Flint and rolled her eyes, stepping away from the human. Oh, thank Cloak Shadow, you're wearing clothes, Rune exclaimed. Castier sputtered. What on, who are you? he demanded, straightening his coat. About time, Thea said to them. She consented, Castier said in confusion, looking from Thea to the rest of them in the doorway. Tell us about the giants, Flint growled, brandishing his axe threateningly. Castier raised his hands and inched away from the wall. All right, all right, he whined. No need for anyone to get hurt. Where's Evelyn? Thea asked with a frown. Rune sighed and muttered a spell, sending a message directly to the girl's mind. Evelyn, we're in the octopus lord's bedchamber, first door on the left. Two semi-conscious guards. You can't miss it. Okay, Evelyn responded. Can't wait. Speak, Thea barked back at Castier. Tell us what happened to King Hecaton. One of your golden goose tokens was found with Queen Neri's body. We know you had something to do with it. Not me, per se, Castier said, looking defeated. It was one of the Krakens, he sighed. Like the giant sea monster? Rune asked. No, like the secret society. They kidnapped the king of the giants. Why? Killian asked. And where did they take him? And what do you have to do with it? Flint added. They offered me power in exchange for my influence, Castier said. They didn't tell me much. All I know is that they took King Hecaton to the trackless sea by the Northern Islands. They killed the queen under the guise of the Lord's Alliance. They... He stopped talking then. His eyes bulged and blood dripped out of his nostrils. The man gasped, looking at the ceiling. The veins in his neck darkened and his body shuddered. Then he collapsed. What? Rune rushed over to the man and pressed a hand to his forehead, feeling for the telltale essence of soul. He's dead, the gnome said in surprise, looking at his companions. Just then, Evelyn jumped into the room, both swords drawn. She looked down at the fallen body in disappointment. I missed it? she asked. He just dropped dead, Opal said quietly. Flint turned on a heel and went to the end of the bed where a large chest sat. He nudged it with a toe, and it didn't budge. Bet there's a lot of gold in there, the dwarf muttered. The large octopus clung to the edge of the tank, staring at them. Rune saw murder in its eyes. Let's go, he said uncomfortably, before that thing attacks us. 
Good idea, Thea breathed, watching Flint and Evelyn use a crowbar to break open the chest. Inside, as the dwarf had guessed, was a pile of gold, gemstones, and a fine sword. Flint grabbed the bag of holding from Rune and began shoveling the gold into it. Hey! A voice shouted outside the door. What's going on in here? Men! Uh-oh, Killian said. Now what? Rune asked. The conch! Opal gasped, pulling it out of her pack. Everyone, hold on! Flint and Evelyn got to their feet, and they all gathered in the room. Rune turned and saw three guards rushing toward them, but the low note of the conch sounded, and the bubble grew around them. It popped, and the next thing they knew, they were standing back in the foyer of the underwater storm giant's palace. been listening to The Giant's Gamble, written by Alexis Vienendahl and based on the Storm King's Thunder D&D campaign. If you'd like to read more of my writings, please visit my website at alexisvienendahl.com or you can click the link in the show notes.